welcome back. And if you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Being that it's Valentine's week, and for many, it can stimulate a lot of different feelings. And it's important that I think we talk about it. But before we do, let me introduce myself. Hi there. My name is Dr. Kelly Ray, and I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer. And I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things perhaps we don't necessarily like to talk about, but we know we want to because we want to be better for ourselves because we ultimately know that it's better for those around us and for our kids and their kids to come. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner child inner conditioning, or as I'd like to say, undo that crap that happened to you and continues to at times maybe keep you somewhat stuck or, you know, unable to have the kind of connections that you want to have and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life you were designed to live. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about the language of love. I know some of you just rolled your eyes right now. That's okay. Keep listening, please. This time every year brings out something in someone. And maybe some of those thoughts are, why bother? It's never really appreciated anyway. Or, "Ah, it's just another day. Or, you know, it's just overrated consumerism holiday. Or, there's nothing to celebrate. I'm not even with anyone. If you fall in any of these brackets... Good, because we're going to talk about that today in this episode. And if you don't fall in that category, I'm going to encourage you to keep listening because you just might learn something new or you might just be reminded of something that you know and it can be a little brush up. Either way, keep listening. You know, Valentine's Day is exciting for some. It's triggering for others and, you know, maybe even depressing some. And I want to talk about all of that. What labels we place on this day or any other day is merely determined by the beliefs we have around it and where we might be in any given year. There may have been Valentine's Day events that occurred when you were younger that made you feel all atwitterpated and excited and all of that. Maybe your first memory of this was when you were a kid in elementary school and you passed out those cute little Valentine's paper cards that came in a box of 50 or whatever. Parents may have made homemade treats for you to share with the whole class or brought them in. It's funny how at a younger age it was exciting And then somewhere around middle school, or in my day, we called it junior high, things kind of shifted. Middle school is suddenly a time period where we start paying attention to others more closely. We start comparing ourselves or measuring our experiences by what we hear and see from others. Know that this is absolutely a normal stage and phase of life during that time. And these experiences can shift our once childhood wonder of doing something thoughtful to someone. I remember 
my daughter when she was younger and this holiday came along. She'd collect rocks and design little cards or notes and excitedly share them with others. Then she hit middle school around sixth grade and now suddenly everyone was feeling pressured to up their game. It was no longer cutesy box cards, but intentional messages being sent to one another through those little hard chalk tasting candies that have notes on them. At this age, you still kind of want to have that class party, but not really sure you want mom bringing in those homemade treats, you know, not cool anymore. This social dynamic was an interesting process to witness with her because I had forgotten how that was the same when I was at that age once. Man, it just brought back some memories. It was the barrier of time between our childhood innocence and how things would progress into something else. In some ways, this something else seemed a little more pressuring a little more geared towards thinking what to do rather than heartfully doing something nice to make someone else feel special or loved. It's funny how a sudden shift from pure innocence can turn something into either a good or a bad experience and set the tone for many years to come. We are taught so much in school and yet, yet, some of the basic elements of learning how to process our feelings and emotions are not amongst those things. We aren't taught about understanding our love language or even that we have a love language. And as a result, we stumble along as adolescents and grown-ups attempting to have healthy, meaningful relationships without the basic understanding of how to show up for our partners or those that we care about. How to show up in a way that expresses your love and appreciate, appreciation for them in a way that means the world to them. Let me share that again. How to show up in a way that expresses your love and appreciation for them in a way that means the world to them. For example, Maybe you're someone who feels really valued when someone unexpectedly gives you a gift. But when you give a gift to someone you value and love, they don't seem to receive it as well. And it can feel a little disappointing and, and maybe even a little upsetting to you because you don't understand why. But what you may not know is the way they feel valued and loved is when they hear words of affirmation as opposed to receiving a gift. Receiving an unexpected note or text letting them know how much you appreciate them may just be the thing that lights them up. So today, I want to talk about the five love languages, and in doing so, I'd love you to write them down and ponder which ones resonate with you, and maybe guess which one resonates with your partner. And if you're not in a relationship, think about how it connects you to your friends or your kids or whoever those are around you that are precious to you. 
The other thing is you can assess these different love languages and see how they may have played part in any of your past relationships. I don't know. I'm kind of goofy that way. I think it's kind of fun to to do that, to see maybe where I wasn't attuned. And certainly I wasn't attuned because I didn't know about these things either. They didn't teach these in school. And, you know, I doubt that our parents understood love languages or anything. I don't even know if that was a thing back then. But you know what? The thing I love about continuing to evolve and grow and and that is we learn new information and new information allows us an opportunity to even improve upon things that may work well already but what if we could make them even greater what if we could cultivate ways to actually enhance and enrich and and celebrate our relationships beyond what we do every single day I mean, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty doggone exciting. Because if if those around us are, are feeling pretty amazed and feeling pretty loved and feeling pretty special, then that can't help but resonate off of us, right? Eh, okay, I could go on this forever, but let's get back to our subject here. Successful relationships work when we're all willing to be vulnerable, open, and willing to share our wants, needs, and desires. It will definitely save time, energy, and frustration rather than just not understanding one another. The thing is, I'd love for you to take this information and have fun with it. It's not a homework assignment that you must stress over to pass. No. It's a means of deepening your relationships with yourself and others. Understanding and decoding these different ways of showing love will help take the guesswork out of your partner's expectations and needs. That doesn't mean you can't talk about it and they can't express it. But how awesome is it that we could do that for one another? Alrighty, let's get to these five love languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. First, I'll start by listing them out for you, and then we'll dive deeper into them. So number one is words of affirmation. Number two, physical touch. Number three, receiving gifts. Number four, quality time. And number five, acts of service. Some of you may know these already, and some of you may not know them at all. Either way, it's the perfect time of year to go over these, right? I'll share a link later on as we wrap up this episode on where you can take an online quiz to see where you score. You know, and the thing is, I'd even encourage you to have fun with this and do it with your partner. You can even do it with your kids. You might be surprised what you discover about their love language and your own. I also encourage you to take this now, today, in this present time frame. Because it, if you've taken it before, there could be things that have changed in your life since the last time you've taken it. And maybe some of those things have changed. Just be kind of curious to see. So let's talk about words of affirmation first. This love language expresses love with words that build up your partner. Again, if you're not in a relationship, I'd like you to substitute the word partner for future partner or those in your current life you love. And keep it in mind that I'll more than likely just be using the word partner throughout all of this. But you can 
interchange that word with whatever you'd like. Maybe it's your pet. I don't know. Verbal compliments don't have to be complicated. The shortest and simplest praises can be the most effective. Examples of that would be, wow, that dress looks really nice on you. Or, wow, you always make me laugh. Or, man, I really like, I like your hair. It looks really nice. Words mean a lot if your partner has this love language. Compliments and an I love you go a long way. On the other hand, negative or insulting comments can hurt your partner and it can take them longer to forgive and get over that. So keep those things in mind. And these have got to be genuine words of affirmation. You can't just, you know, start off with, hey, beautiful, hey, gorgeous, because that's a really quick way to turn that person to where they just don't even hear you anymore. Start off slow. Start off genuine and really mean it. Physical touch. To people with this love language, nothing is more impactful than the physical touch of their partner. They aren't necessarily into the over-the-top public displays of affection, but they do feel more connected and safe in a relationship by holding hands, kissing, hugging, even just if it's touching your legs next to one another when you're sitting. If physical touch is your partner's primary love language, they will feel unloved without physical contact. All of the words and gifts in the world won't change that. They want to feel you close by, not just emotionally, but physically. Receiving gifts. This love language isn't necessarily materialistic. It just means that a meaningful or thoughtful gift makes your partner feel loved and appreciated. Something as simple as picking up their favorite ice cream after a long work week can make a huge impact. This is different than the acts of service where you show affection by performing actions to help your partner. Quality time. This love language is all about undivided attention. No televisions, no gaming, no phones, or any other distractions. If this is your partner's primary language, they don't just want to be included during this period of time. They want to be, they want to know that they're the center of your world. And I don't mean that in some egotistical way. They just need to know that you're, that they're a value to you. They want their partners to look at them and, and only them. This doesn't mean that you don't curl up on the couch to watch Netflix or Hulu. It just means that you need to make sure to dedicate time together without all of the distractions. That will help them feel comforted in this relationship of yours. Every time you cancel a date, postpone time together, or aren't present during your time together, it can be extremely hurtful to your partner as it can make them feel you care more about other things or activities than them. Acts of service. Your partner might have this love language if their motto is, 
actions speak louder than words. This love language expresses itself by doing things that you know your spouse would like. Maybe it's cooking a meal, doing the laundry, picking up the kids, are all acts of service. They require some thought, time, and effort. All of these things should be done with positivity and with your partner's ultimate happiness in mind to be considered an expression of love. Actions out of obligation or with a negative tone are something else entirely. Just thinking of these five, before we go on with some Valentine ideas for these love language, I want you to take some time and consider, if you're in a relationship, how your love language, based on these five, and how your partner's love language if you're able to to support each other's love language. If you're not in a relationship and you're going to be considering one day getting back out there in the pool of relationship connection, this is really important to understand and and to connect with. Because what if your partner was really big into physical touch. That's very important to them. But you're not the kind of touchy-feely person. That's just not you. You, That makes you really uncomfortable. You know, your, your uh, love language might be words of affirmation or acts of service, like what can I do to make you, you know, your life better, enriched, happier. And if for them it's physical touch and you can't do that, that's going to be a conflict for both of you. It's not going to help either one of you because, you know, when our physical needs are also not getting met, we tend to not want to meet the other person's physical need. Then you're sitting there in a standoff of, you know, well, my needs aren't getting met. Well, then my needs aren't getting met either. And then there's no resolution to that, that, that just creates a division, a divide, and her feelings, and all of that. So, you know, there's so many things to take into consideration when considering getting involved in a relationship. Certainly, if you are, I'm going to say 30, 40, or above, because in your 20s, you're still just exploring. And especially if you're not married, you're just exploring, you're having you're, you know, you're doing things that aren't necessarily committed to particularly a relationship. But, you know, when you're at that point, and you can't be in your 20s, but if you're at that point of wanting to seriously consider having a relationship, and if you've already been in a serious relationship, and maybe it's gone sour, and you've divorced or whatever, and there's kids involved, there's a lot more to think about when entering a relationship than merely how does this person make me feel and just think about that phrase I said right there how does this person make me feel yes it's important that they're you know respectful and all of that but you have to know deep down inside what your values what your beliefs are and your love language follows under those umbrellas and it's important to take the time to invest in getting to know your partners as well to see if there's a compatibility. Because look, 
Most people, when they're getting into a committed relationship, are looking to do it for a significant period of time, not just for a a quick hookup. You know that that's a whole different ball game. So I'm going to get off this little rant here. We can talk about this more in another episode. But it's super important that when you've now become an adult who's had experience in relationships, your way of attracting or finding or connecting with another human being for potential relationship changes as opposed to when you had your very first relationship, which may have been in high school, early college, whatever it may be. It's different. It's not that the game is different. It's not a game, but you have things going for you. You have more experience or education and relationships that you, we tend to sometimes forget that. And we dive back in with that youthful innocence. And then before we know it, then, then we're complaining about all of our needs not being met. We need to take time. Time to cultivate relationships, time to understand if this person that we're wanting to spend our time with actually shares similar values and beliefs that we do. That's going to help us go long term as opposed to just jumping and seeing where we land. All right, let's get on to some Valentine's ideas for each of these love language. I want to encourage you first, though, to follow this podcast if you're not already, because I know I share a lot of valuable information, and you may not be in a position right at this moment to to jot all these things down. So I want you to not worry about it and follow it so that you can come back to this episode and re-listen to it. Maybe even write down the timestamp that you need to jump off so that you can just jump right back into it. Whatever that works for you. But sometimes I know it might take one or two, maybe even three times to listen to a particular episode again because there is a lot of valuable information and tools and strategies that are shared and and I want you to really to be able to digest it in order to incorporate it in your life so that you can live that vibrant life that you're designed to live. So now here's some ideas to keep in mind based on you, your kids and or your partner's love language. Again, I want you to have fun with this. So if theirs or yours is word of affirmation, Send them a letter in the mail telling them you appreciate them. Leave them a sticky note on the bathroom mirror saying, I love you. Maybe place a a note on the steering wheel of their car so when they get in it first thing in the morning, it's a little smiley face or thinking of you or be fantastic, whatever it is. Just make someone's day. And if your child's love language is words of affirmation, Hang their art on the fridge and tell them how much you love it. Maybe give them a bracelet that says, I love you. Write them a nice note and pack it in their lunch. Or, if they're home, place post-it notes on the outside of their door each day. I know for my daughter for a couple of years, during February, every day I would post a new post-it note on her door to let her know 
what I, how I thought she was amazing. You know, the things that I see that I found very valuable in her. And it just, she really appreciated that. So, and if your words of affirmation is love language, so I want you to write down what you like about yourself. Read through your favorite quotes. Maybe even create some self-love affirmations and read them to yourself in the mirror. I know that sounds a little crazy, but that is one of the techniques that I often use with some of my clients who struggle with maybe self-confidence or self-image or, you know, value or worth is learning to look yourself in the mirror, not just at your peripheral vision, but I mean, look into your eyes the windows of the soul of who you are and repeat these words. Physical touch. If your partner's love language is physical touch, schedule cuddling or snuggling time as a date. Create a little coupon or something for them. Maybe even consider taking a tantric class which is, you know, about, again, physical touch, that connection, connecting the breath, being close in touch. Maybe give them a foot rub or a massage before they ask for one. A back scratch, maybe. If your child's love language is physical touch, let them sit on your lap while you read to them. Give them hugs or squeeze them on the shoulder or stroke their hair. Give them a surprise piggyback around the house. If physical touch is your love language, schedule a manicure or a pedicure for yourself or a do-it-yourself spa day. Sleep with a weighted blanket. There's something comfy and cozy about that. Snuggle with your pet or give some love to the ones at your local shelter. Receiving gifts. If your partner's love language is receiving gifts, bring them their favorite flowers just because. Or make them a playlist. Explain why you chose each song for them. Maybe it's signing them up for a class they've been wanting to try. If your child's love language is receiving gifts, let them pick out a new toy or a game or an outfit. Buy them a book from their favorite author. Get them their favorite treat at the grocery store. And if you receiving gifts is your love language, buy yourself your favorite dessert once in a while. Buy yourself some flowers or plants to brighten up your room or your home or your yard. And buy your favorite beverage and I don't know, hang out with your girlfriends or your guy friends, whatever that may be. Quality time. If your partner's love language is quality time, pack a picnic and take a drive. Schedule a weekly date night. Get a sitter for the kids and have some alone time together. And if your child's love language is quality time, Bake cookies or something with them together. Play a board game or cards with them. Take a road trip or an overnight trip together. And if quality time is your love language, 
Maybe take a bath with some Epsom salt or petals, rose petals, or a shower with aromatherapy. Uh, tired from all the stay-at-home lounging, you know, after a while you just get tired of the weather, you know, it's cold and rainy, but you can't seem to get out or, you know, the weather's still too bad, then turn on some music and dance. Dance around your house. That way you're getting some physical movement in too. Maybe attend a yoga or meditation class, either online or in person. Acts of service. If your partner's love language is acts of service, pack a surprise lunch for the next week at work. Make them breakfast in bed. Take the dog for a walk. Make the bed when they're taking a shower or something. And if your child's love language is acts of service, make their bed for them when they forget. Let them choose the movie the family watches. Cook them their favorite meal. And if acts of service is your love language, start using an app and ordering your groceries. Order takeout food sometime if you want, if you're in too much of a hurry to cook. And maybe even invest in one of those Roomba vacuums. Look, I I use one of those apps on my phone just to even just keep my grocery list. And I don't know why, but that just seems so helpful to me. But you get the idea from these examples. And they're not limited to these for sure. So let me give you a few other ideas just specifically for you know valentine's or any time right because any day can be valentine's day is maybe create your own happy hour or maybe it's recreating your first date and you may not be able to create it exactly but improvise maybe it's hanging out with other couple friends you know happy hour or coffee or dinner or whatever maybe a sip and paint Fun way to spend time at home, sipping your favorite beverage and painting something fun between you, your partner, you and your kids, you and your roommate, however it may be, you and your pet, it doesn't matter. I know scavenger hunts are great. Those are really fun. Maybe it's taking a a cooking class or maybe tap back into your childhood roots and build a fort. I mean, how fun is that? Heck, I can't think of a better way to show your love than axe throwing. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there to see if you were still listening. Uh, as we prepare to wrap up this week, I want you to know that whether you're single or have a partner, understanding your own love language and and the love language of those closest to you will enrich not only your life, but their life as well. It can be so easy to get caught up in our needs, not being met, and quite often it's a matter of the other person not knowing. More importantly, remaining caught up in our needs, not being met, hinders our relationships. If you have found this episode helpful or know someone who could use a little extra support along the way, I'm going to encourage you to share this podcast. Moreover, 
If you'd like to get in touch with me, I'm going to tell you how to do that. But first, I want to give you the link to take the five love languages quiz. It's www.5lovelanguages, all one. So www.5lovelanguages.com slash forward quizzes. And I'm sure you can find that or something close to that. And um, just take it. It'd be fun. Maybe have your kids take it. You know, of, of course, age appropriate. You might have, you can ask the questions and if they're young, but if they're older, you could do that. And again, make it a fun thing. It, it doesn't have to be a work assignment or something. Now, let me give you some ways that you can get in touch with me. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B. B is in brown. I'm on TikTok at Dr. Kelly Ray. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much love.